it's just like she had this peace and she had this joy, like this inner joy. And she was always talking about Jesus Mm. and the fact that Jesus had made such a difference in her life. Mm. And it was just, it was beautiful. Mm. And I wanted it. I wanted what she had. I wanted that, that peace and that joy she had. So you gave Mm. your life to God at a very early age then. I did. And have you found that peace? Oh, yes. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you because you are His. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. Who do you think of when you hear the word moxie? A close friend? Your mom? A mentor? Do you know what moxie means? Today, we're talking with Julie Richardson, a woman who learned courage and determination while facing unforeseen personal struggles. As a kid, Julie watched her mom transform into a woman of moxie after coming to her faith in a very unique way. It's such a great story. We are so excited to have Julie on the show. She's actually in studio with us because she is a visual media producer at our Daily Bread Ministries, where she shares stories of how God works in people's lives, not other people's. But today, join us in our conversation with Julie Richardson as she talks about being a woman of moxie and the difficult life situations that grew her relationship with the Lord on this episode of God Hears Her. So Julie, yes. thanks for being with us. And I know this is an, a different position for you because you're usually kind of the one who's miking everybody else up. Mm-hmm. You're usually the one who's on the, the behind the camera, you know, in the production, mm-hmm. in the directing mm-hmm. of media projects. And today we have the mic on you and we want to hear from you. So thanks for stepping to this spot with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. It's a joy to be here. You know, there's a lot that you do for media at Our Daily Bread. But I think what I've heard from you is just your passion for God. And I want to hear more about your journey. You know, how did you mm-hmm. end up here mm-hmm. at Our Daily Bread? And how has God worked in your life up to this point to reveal himself to you and to woo you forward into some really specific contributions for his work. Growing up, my mom came to know Christ. And she actually came to know Christ through stories on television. Really? It was a a program that she watched, and it was all stories of people and their journey with God. How old were you? I was nine years old at the time. Oh, my gosh. And so she she was watching, and she ended up praying and receiving Christ through this program. Wow. And so... What happened was within that year, she came to know Christ and it was just dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like the change, she did a 180. Wow. And I was nine, my brother was seven, and my dad, all of us in the family all saw her transformation. Yeah. And we came we came to know Christ through her journey because she changed so much. Wow. She was just on fire. I mean, she was constantly telling us stories about what God was doing in her heart and, and she was telling other people about Jesus wherever we went. So it brought me to Christ, my dad and my brother. And so, yeah, it was awesome. Which is amazing, the influence that she had on the entire family. Mm -hmm. Uh, So tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. So what what were the things that were changing in your household? How obvious was it? It was... uh, 
she was just like a troubled soul. Oh, right. Okay. She drank a lot to try to like ease, like numb out. Mm-hmm. She and my dad used to have big parties at their house, and um, it got pretty rowdy. And just her heart was just kind of cold, mm-hmm. right? And then I found out later that she and my dad were on the rocks um, in their marriage, and didn't think they were going to make it. Dad thought he was in love with somebody else. Oh, wow. And then that year, it's just like she had this peace and she had this joy, like this inner joy. And she was always talking about Jesus mm. and the fact that Jesus had made such a difference in her life. Mm. And it was just, it was beautiful. Mm. And I wanted it. I wanted what she had. I wanted mm. that, that peace and that joy she had. So you gave mm. your life to God at a very early age yeah, then. I did. And have you found that peace? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. You know, at the beginning I did, but then as I came into my teen years mm-hmm. and as I got older, I started to listen to the voices of the world. Sure. You know? What do those um, voices sound like? Oh, you know, materialism. Mm, okay. Success. Yeah. Uh, what am I going to do for my career? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what should I major in in college? You know, I had voices speaking into me, oh, you know, get a good business major, be an accountant and all of these things. So I graduated in that and I really was seeking like the world's happiness. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing those things, I started to not hear God's voice as much. Mm-hmm. Kind of, his voice got softer and softer. That is a very powerful statement, Julie, that, mm-hmm. that really resonates. Because when you're listening to one thing, you can't hear God. Mm. Huh. Yeah. And that deafens you in some way. Yes. Yes, for sure. Wow. And so I kept pursuing these things that I thought were going to make me happy. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it seemed like I was, you know, because I was on the pursuit, it seemed like I was yeah. doing well. Yeah. And I was happy about different things. Yeah. Um, I ended up, you know, one of the other voices was the relationship voice. Oh, I want to get married, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting because I was pursuing all these things. All these things came to me. You know, I got a degree in accounting. I had a great job. I got married. And then I really would. I really got everything that I was hoping for with the happiness factor, and I wasn't happy. Mm. I didn't feel fulfilled. And then, like, two years into my marriage, I lost my job, the great mm. job that I had. And my husband betrayed me and was cheating on me oh, with somebody that he worked with. And it was devastating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my whole my whole family... No one had ever been divorced. Mm-hmm. No one had ever gone through something like this. So it was, it just rocked my world. Yeah. And um, I just remember going through the grocery store and, you know, like, what am I here for? Yeah. You know, am I here? Like in a fog. In a fog. Mm-hmm. Or being at my grandma's house and just laying on the bed and just the heaviness, like mm-hmm. the weight mm-hmm. of just imagining what was happening in my home. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it was it was horrible. Yeah. It was a horrible time. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry. That is so hard. And that's the story of so many. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many. That betrayal, that mm-hmm. feelings of rejection. Mm-hmm. And then how did it shape your understanding of God? What happened with the voices inside you during that season? You know, of course, at that time, I just was so devastated. And I remember... Like the biggest thing was this, I just felt worthless. I felt like I was mm-hmm. replaceable. Yeah. And I, disposable. Yeah. Like hmm. I just felt like, what am I here for? Like, mm-hmm. why, why, why did he even marry me? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of questions and it really caused me a lot of rebellion because mm-hmm. he was a Christian. 
Mm-hmm. And I went through all of this. Yeah. And I don't, you know, you, you enter into marriage thinking this is for life. Yes. And these kind of things, I don't know, you just feel invincible. Well, and you're supposed to enter into marriage thinking this is for mm-hmm. life, right? Yes. yes. So when that happens, it's just like, yeah, it was really, really, really hard. And so um, I just felt mm-hmm. broken mm-hmm. and rebellious. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of rebelled against mm-hmm. everything. I rebelled yeah. against everybody. And I, I was angry at God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I didn't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I identify with that mm-hmm. so much. That's a lot of my testimony. Mm-hmm. I even identify with becoming self-sufficient. You know, mm-hmm. it's like self-sufficiency. It's like operating yes. in my own strength. Everything was going what I thought was great. And then an implosion happens. And then everything that really you've been suppressing, but you thought you had under control mm-hmm. shows itself and it shows all of the roots that are going on in your heart and when I went through I went through a divorce and when I went through that all of the things that I had all the lies that I believed mm-hmm. I didn't even realize I had so many yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. didn't really realize I thought I was I talk thought about I was, voices yeah. yes there's mm-hmm. so many voices mm-hmm. that came up in the rebellion the anger I think I always share that the Lord wooed me back into learning more about who he was and how he loved me and saw me, his invitation was allowing me to be angry. Mm. And I think that we don't give ourselves permission mm-hmm. to just be angry too. Yes. And it sounds like that's part of your story. Yeah, very much There so. was so much anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then just even when you said that, the self-sufficiency, yeah. like I just remember that. Yeah. Like I remember that like, Oh, I am going to go out and I am just going to work out. Yes. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in shape. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, you know. He's going to be so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. You know? <laughs> so, um, you That's know, true. you just feel like, yeah, just that rebellion mm-hmm. and that I'm going to fix this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, save myself for somebody that's going to love me and yeah. all of those things. Mm-hmm. So what happened after the moments of rebellion? Yeah. I feel like God placed a couple of people in my mm. in my path at that time. He's so good at that. <laughs> he is so good at that. I'm so grateful. And they were um, Jesus to me, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. they they reminded me of my mom, mm-hmm. right? They reminded me of my mom and her zealous spirit for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she was still in your life. She was still alive during this time. She was still alive during this okay. time. Okay. But because I was in my rebellion, mm-hmm. I kind of like crossed mom off. Uh-huh. Wow, right? Julie. So God um, goes, I can still bring her close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And wow. I was I was living at home at the time. Oh, wow. And I just, because I was angry, I don't know, I just kind of pushed mom away, mm-hmm. which was hard for our relationship at the time. Sure. How old were uh, you at this time? I'm just curious. Yeah, I was, I was only 26. Okay. So I'd only been married a couple of years. And, um, but these, one of the people that was in my life at the time was my, my ex-husband's sister. Oh. And she came to know Christ at the time. Oh. And she had done a 180 and she was so on fire wow. for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I kept wanting to just, you know, cry in my milk about what had happened mm-hmm. and talk bad things about about mm-hmm. life yeah. and she just kept pointing me back let's look what does the bible say mm-hmm. let's look in the scriptures mm-hmm. you know and so yeah between her and another person i just really um, started to want that again mm-hmm. i wanted the lord and i always had like i said i had him mm-hmm. but i hadn't fully surrendered mm-hmm. to ah. jesus mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I once heard, I think it was Anne Graham Lotz talked about, like, you can look at your life as if it's a home. Mm. And have you given the Lord every single room mm. of your life? Well, there's something. Yeah. Right. Ooh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. He can have certain rooms, but yeah. certain ones are mine. And yes. certain doors are closed. Yeah. Locked. To walk in. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. And there were a lot of doors that were closed mm. in my life. Yeah. Even as I was growing up. I wanted my own success. Yeah. I didn't want to give God every room. Yeah. You know, I wanted to kind of hold some to myself mm-hmm. and yeah. control it myself. So through the journey of watching these friends and seeing mm. the way they live their life with Jesus, it brought me to the place where I wanted that full surrender, mm-hmm. where I wanted to say, okay, God, you can have every single room. And if that means I'm single for the rest of my life, if that mm-hmm. means I don't yeah. have kids, it, yeah. I will give you everything. Yeah. What changes after we surrender? I mean, I think a lot of us can touch a point. But, you know, from your perspective, Julie, and this is something I really want to highlight. You know, you talked about how your mom watched stories, programs that had stories of Jesus on TV, and that's how Mm -hmm. she came to give her life to God. And now you produce stories of people who've come to know Jesus. It is amazing. That full circle. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. So I want to hear about that. And do you see maybe a universal process Mm -hmm. or some similarities in our journeys as we come to know God and we push against certain elements. Well, use your, your metaphor of the house, mm-hmm. you know, with the rooms. How do we come to the place where we offer God entrance into every room? What does that look like? And what's the difference before and after? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the first 20, almost 20 years of my life, I I wasn't willing. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wasn't willing to give him every room. Mm-hmm. And my yeah. mom and I would have conversations about that. You know, mom would say, you know, you've, you have 100% of the Holy Spirit in your life, but does mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit have 100% of you? Wow. Mm-hmm. And I'd mm-hmm. say, no, but I'm doing good, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I said, you know, mm-hmm. I know I'm going to heaven, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I, mm-hmm. but I still have my own life to live kind mm-hmm. of feeling. And, and so as I went on with my life and, um, and again, I was pursuing the worldly things and I seemed to be happy and yeah. it seemed, everything seemed to be going well. Yeah. So I think this is one of the good things that we can pull out of the hardships of life. Yeah. Yeah. When we get to that place of broken, I mean, I was utterly mm-hmm. broken and it brought me to that place where I knew, I knew about giving him everything Yeah. because my mom, I mean, yes. my mom, this, this right. woman of moxie, like I knew yes. what that meant, yes. but I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. But then when I started to see other people in my brokenness, giving their lives, their mm-hmm. whole lives to Jesus, and I saw mm-hmm. the fruit of it, mm-hmm. the peace they had, the joy they had that I didn't get from yeah. all of the other things in my life, yeah. from all the things I had pursued, from the great job mm-hmm. to the husband where we were traveling all over the place and, mm-hmm. and having a supposedly wonderful life. Mm-hmm. They had that, mm-hmm. and I wanted it, mm-hmm. and I was I really got to that place of being willing. Mm. And I think of it, a lot of it too was just, I believe a lot of the choices that I had made, um, I, I didn't trust myself mm. with my choices. Because right. I saw that It uh, led my you choice, to a place that uh, yes. ended up feeling like failure or feeling like experiencing brokenness yes. to the rock bottom. Yeah. 
And when we come back, Julie will tell us about the influence her mom had on her by being a strong woman of moxie. Not only did she always express her love for God, but she also invited a stranger over for dinner while waiting in line at a store. All of this and more is up next on God Hears Her. Thanks for listening to this God Hears Her podcast. Erin and I love sharing this space with you. And you know what? We want to invite you to become an even bigger part of our God Hears Her community. To sign up for our weekly email newsletter. We'll keep you updated on new podcasts, encouraging blog posts, exciting new products, so much. Just go to GodHearsHer.org and sign up today. That's GodHearsHer.org. Now back to the show. You're talking so much about your mom that I love this. And and I know you just a little bit, Julie, and your relationship with your mom has been very, very Mm -hmm. special through your life. And I think it still shapes you Mm -hmm. as I know you. Maybe explain even how your mom has shaped your adulthood projects, how Jesus has used Mm -hmm. her and her relationship with God to shape what you're being called to now. It's interesting how, you know, we live and then we rebel and Mm -hmm. and oftentimes and then we come back and then it's like I had a deepened appreciation for my mom Mm -hmm. after all these things and I came back to Jesus. And when I look back, she shaped me in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Just just one quick story about mom. Mm -hmm. Here I am, a young girl. We're in this little drugstore and my mom whispers to me. She says, oh my goodness, there is a person in back of us right now. She had been praying, and the Lord had told her, had, had shown her to invite this woman who owned the restaurant in our little town to her house. But Mom didn't know her. She just, you know, had seen her at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And Mom said, that woman is in back of us in line. She says, I just have not been faithful to invite her to our house. Oh, my gosh. But here she is in back of us in line. She says, I think that I need to invite her over right now to our house for dinner. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Mom. <laughs> Wide-eyed, you're kind of watching Weird your moment. mom, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she invited her over to dinner, and lo and behold, this, this woman that owned the restaurant, the town restaurant, came to our house for dinner. And mom is such a zealot for Jesus because God mm. made such a difference in her life. So she's sharing her relationship with Christ and, to- no. and told her all about Jesus. And she led her to the Lord that, that day. day. Wow. Oh, good. That wow. day. Oh, wow. It was only like I don't know a month later. She was diagnosed with cancer. Oh wow. And she passed away. <gasps> this woman. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. It gives me chills. Yeah. So you watched um, your mom's you call it being zealous, which I love that word. It's so enthusiastic. But you watched her really be obedient too. Yes. And take life yeah. super intensely, earnestly. Mm-hmm. You yes. Know? Yes. And that shaped you. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. it shaped me so much. And mm-hmm. I took it for granted what I had in, in her. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's how she lived her life all the time. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'd have friends over from high school, from you know junior high, and mom was always sharing about Jesus. Mm-hmm. She prayed with, I don't know how many of my friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go to a water park, there's mom sitting up. My brother and I are playing in the water. There's mom sitting on the bench witnessing and sharing Jesus with Did the woman on the bench. Did that ever embarrass you? Oh, I love it. You know, I think at different point in times it did. You know, when you're Probably a teenager, you realize that you're just like, it's just, that's what it is. Just keeping it real, but, but that's mom. But, yeah. Yeah. but you know, at the same time, I think all my friends loved her. Uh-huh. They're like, I wish I had a mom like you. Like, they wow. just loved my mom. Aww. You know? And so, yeah, it was beautiful. 
And so how now are you <laughs> seeing even her influence on you and what you're doing? And yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for women uh-huh. of moxie, right? And wow. when I say moxie. Yeah. What is that? Moxie means determination and courage. Mm-hmm. So when I look at somebody that's a woman of moxie, I think of somebody that's determined to mm-hmm. follow Jesus with all their heart, that has the courage because sometimes he calls us to do things mm-hmm. that we maybe don't want to do, that we're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He just takes us in directions that are not sure. something that we might choose. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, I think, too, as I think about finishing well, and what does it look like to finish mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. with Jesus? And I think, too, with all the things that are happening in our world today, mm-hmm. all the voices that are speaking at us mm-hmm. so yeah. loudly. We have social media. We have the news. We have yeah. friends. We have family. We have so many voices. We have our own self-doubt, self-condemnation, yeah. all these voices. But what does it look like to follow the voice that matters? Mm-hmm. Jesus what does it look like to listen to his voice? And I think that's one of the other things that mom taught me mm-hmm. was how do you listen? Mm-hmm. How do you listen to the spirit working mm-hmm. in your life? You know, um, she taught me how to discern that, mm-hmm. how to discern God's voice. Can you give us an example, maybe maybe in history, um, it, she could maybe be living or dead, but of a woman that you would say that's a moxie woman mm-hmm. so that we can kind of, you know, put a put a face on this. And I'm sure everyday women are women of moxie. It doesn't have to just be famous people. But for, for those of us who are trying to get a handhold on this concept. Mm, I think of the first person that comes to mind is Corey Ten Boom. Mm-hmm. I thought right? of her. That's did funny. You? Yes, I did yes, while you were the talking. the heroine of the faith, right? Uh-huh. Um, going through the concentration camps yeah. and re- remaining resilient. And I even think about her sister, Betsy, who yeah. died yes. in the concentration camp. Yeah, yeah she yeah. was. And yeah. I was thinking about like Harriet Tubman. Yeah, with the Underground Railroad. And, you know, so people are coming to mind and Mm -hmm. we can't interview those. But that helps me think about, oh, that's what you're talking about. And Mm -hmm. your sweet mom is now with Jesus. Yes, she is. And you walked through that very painful journey of relinquishing her, Julie. How does her moxiness for Jesus, is that that a word? Okay. Moxiness for Jesus? Moxiness moxiness for Jesus. (laughs) Moxiness for the man of God. how, how How does that still influence you? It's been interesting, Elisa, because especially before I even answer that question about how it influences me, just how God has been so faithful to be with me because it was heartbreaking because I lost my mom two years ago. And again, as you've seen, she's been such a huge influence and gosh, I miss her so much. But at the time she was re-diagnosed with cancer. And so we didn't know how long we would have with mom. And at the time, the Lord put me on a project mm-hmm. <laughs> with Elisa. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you taught me so much in that season, Julie, you did, mm. about your faith and about mm. how seriously you took it and how much you could lean into Jesus's power. Mm. Well, it was such a blessing because we were working on the prayer coin mm-hmm. and it was, you know, um, so powerful because you talked about Jesus in the garden. Mm. And his going back and forth between abandon mm. and being honest, mm. honesty with God and abandoning his will to the Father's will. Yeah. And 
I still have the coin <laughs> and I still use the coin yeah. because, I mean, one side says abandon, the other side says honest. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a, um, a way that the God met me in that place because I was being honest. Lord, I want my mom to live to be 100. Lord, yeah. my mom, uh, what am I going to do without her? I, I come to her with so many things. We pray together. We, we witness together all these things. What am I going to do without my mom? Mm-hmm. And, and then I slowly turn the coin back over and say, okay, <laughs> Lord, not my will, but yours be done. But then I'd flip back over. Lord, I wanted to be on let's, let's keep it in here. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's just an example of how God met me in that place mm-hmm. um, to eventually get to the place where I was able to release her to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she passed away in December of 2018. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's another if you will, you know, the path of surrender, you know, that God's yeah. brought mm-hmm. you to your your mom's example of moxiness, mm-hmm. you know, this courage, you defined it as courage that brings about determination or determination mm-hmm. that brings about courage, you know, yeah. she modeled yeah. that for you. And so even in her passing, mm-hmm. you know, as you chose to pray like Jesus, you know, both honestly and with abandon, you know, God met you in that. Doggone it, Erin. There's just (laughs) always this thing of surrender. And waiting. Surrender and waiting. And waiting while we surrender. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But something that I wanted to touch on too was I knew about you. I knew about this word moxie. I knew about this word being meaningful to you. And I was like, I don't think I know what moxie is. Mm -hmm. So I went to Google and I just Googled (laughs) moxie definition. (laughs) And it was what you said, the um, determination. And and so then I was like, I want to click in a little further. And what I loved, one of these uh, sentences to this word, it says, it takes determination to pull up roots and go to a land where the culture and the language are totally foreign. I'm thinking of the woman Ruth in scripture. She was kind of a moxie woman. Yes. 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 How many of us have done that, whether it's geographically, emotionally, Mm. in our walk with the Mm -hmm. Lord? Mm -hmm. Aaron. Mm -hmm. And that's what your journey is. You were Mm -hmm. in another land and of self-sufficiency. And yes. to learn how to live in a dependency with the Lord is a t- completely different land. That's so good. Yes, that is excellent. Mm-hmm. That I is just... ex- so exactly what I've experienced. <laughs> that is a woman of moxie, is, yes. is pulling up roots to go to some place that is completely foreign and being able to see the mm. Lord bring her through that and trust in him and that and surrender Mm. Uh, snap there it is snap there it is (laughs) (laughs) but that's awesome Erin I love how you've modernized that see Mm. this is what happens with younger women she's modernized it it, you know and metaphorized it Metaphorizing. Ooh, is that a word? Yeah, that is now. <laughs> yeah. That that really makes sense. And so all of us mm-hmm. who find ourselves in a in a period of uprootedness, mm-hmm. mm, that is really our call is, is to be willing to pick up those roots mm-hmm. as yeah. God directs and allow him to replant us mm-hmm. in places that please him, where yeah. he is going mm-hmm. to release what he's placed in us mm-hmm. as we surrender. You know, that, part again but yeah (laughs) and that's so great that you bring that up too because it just gives that whole visual to me but Mm -hmm. you know it was a whole new world for me Mm -hmm. okay now 20 years as a believer and now all of a sudden I'm I've been uprooted because now I'm completely gonna I'm gonna live what does it look like to now live dependent on the Lord which is completely different Mm -hmm. you know I made him my savior before and now Mm -hmm. it's like he's my Lord and he's got everything and so 
I remember like my first big trial mm-hmm. and God in his graciousness, I did get remarried and my husband and I had been married. We've been married now for 25 years. Oh. Praise God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. That's yeah. so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But we were maybe five years into our marriage and we struggled with wanting to have kids. We struggled mm. with infertility. And so this was a huge, huge um, time for us. And so what does that look like to depend on God and to not like, uh, we, I wanted, you know, we were, we went every did everything we could to try to do mm-hmm. in our yeah. own strength to get pregnant, to get pregnant. Yeah. Right. And then we went through fertility testing and those kind of things. And that can be really hard for those that mm-hmm. struggle with infertility because there's so many, so many choices that you can do to move yeah. forward. Yeah. So it took a lot of prayer because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is that dependency. Yeah. Lord, this is what I want. This is what we want. And we can keep going. Mm-hmm. Or how far do we go, Lord? Show us how far we want us to go and mm-hmm. how, when do we just stop and mm-hmm. just trust you and maybe trust you that our, the plan is to not have children. Mm-hmm. So that was a big deal. And so mm-hmm. we, we prayed that through and both at the same time, both sense God calling us to stop with all of the fertility treatments and leave it in God's hands mm-hmm. and we never had children. You know, we hear these stories all the time, Julian. You know, usually the story is, and then I got pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, or then we got called that we we're going to be, you know, our mm-hmm. numbers up for adoption. Mm-hmm. And you just shared the other side. And thank you for that. You know, mm-hmm. there's that surrender again. What has that been like for y'all? I remember when we first made that decision mm-hmm. and really since God saying that, mm-hmm. I was a little bit like, scared because I thought, well, what if 10 years go by Mm -hmm. and we regret? What if, you know, all the what ifs, Mm -hmm. but continue to pray and continue to have peace about it. And as we've done that, it's been interesting because soon after I made that decision is when God brought me to our daily bread ministries. Oh, wait, you're kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it was within that year God had me go on my first shoot to Israel, which I'd never been out of the country Mm. before. Mm. And I was scared to travel. So I had to like completely release that to him as well, right? That is pulling up your roots and going somewhere. (laughs) I was scared to to travel, to be Mm -hmm. on a plane, and especially to go to the Middle East. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, Jesus, open my hands. And I followed him and I went to Israel. And here I am in the middle of the Judean wilderness. And the person that we had on the program at the time was Shannon Wexelberg, mm. and she had written her music out of her struggle of infertility. Oh, boy. Wow. And so here we are in the Judean wilderness, worshiping Jesus with her music oh. written out of her pain of infertility. And God was showing me, this is your path. I'm with you in it. It's the same wilderness that he wrestled with. Right. It was beautiful. You can't toss that up to just it being ironic. It's just so intentional. In those moments, you just feel so loved. And there's just no way to put words to experiencing something like that of how I would imagine it meant to you. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. But I would imagine just there was so much grief, even like lamenting. Mm -hmm. Even if you knew that it was confident that that was what the Lord was going to bring you in and through there's still so much lamenting, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just that whole unfulfilled longing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, that still yeah. to this day, a lot of my friends now, they're 
their daughters, their sons are either graduating from college or getting married and it's painful still, you know, it's that it's, it's like holding your grief. And I have a friend that says, you know, your grief and joy can coexist at the same time. And I think almost sometimes that when we are grievous in different areas, like this unfulfilled longing to have children, it gives a more sensitivity mm-hmm. to others. And then that joy is almost like this broken, beautiful joy that can come out. You know, we were just at a wedding not too long ago with one of the spiritual daughters from church. And, you know, I saw her physical parents there and it just, oh, it made mm-hmm. me sad. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I wish, I wish we had the physical kids. But then at the same time, it makes, I was sharing with another, one of the spiritual daughters that I have at that wedding. And I just, oh, I just love on these girls mm-hmm. because I appreciate them all the more because I don't have the physical daughters. And so I don't know. There's just a beauty in the brokenness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think it's yeah. really important to Thanks for being honest about that, because following God, surrendering, doesn't always mean we get everything we want. I mean, often we find the beauty in the broken. We find, you know, something we didn't expect or weren't looking forward to, and God will redeem it and help Mm -hmm. us to embrace it. But that's just real life. Thank you for being straight up, because this unfulfilled longing you're talking about Mm -hmm. can go hand in hand with the very best of God's fulfilled blessings in our lives as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's so true. And I think it's just beautiful to give yourself permission to like, mm-hmm. or grace. Cause I think even years, years and years and years later, you can still grieve. Mm-hmm. It might just look a little mm-hmm. different. Yeah. And I think there's just so, I think even just the lament is so important. Like when you look at the Psalms and you see the Psalmist mm-hmm. grieving things or afraid or all these things, but then coming back yeah. at the end, most often times to the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love to journal and I have a lot of journals awesome. at home mm-hmm. of like just sharing kind of back to the honest, you know, mm-hmm. being honest with God. And when I have the pain, you know, like mm-hmm. when I was at that wedding, I, I journaled that night, yeah. you know, Lord, this was hard. You know, it's another, another sad day for me, mm-hmm. but the walk with Jesus, you know, I, I, I'm just so grateful for who he is and how he's with me in those moments. In those yeah. moments, I just feel like his nearness, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. I don't know how else to explain, but just, I'm sure you've experienced that his nearness in those broken places. Yeah. And it's, if we don't yeah, touch yeah. him, you know, if we don't crack him open and allow him to be present mm-hmm. and be yeah. honest with him, you know, I'm not sure we can experience how close he really wants yeah. to be. So mm-hmm. that too takes moxie. That too takes mm-hmm. a kind of a determined courage of, you know, I, if I go into this broken spot, I'm going to feel it. Yes. Ooh, yes. You know, yes. but if I go into this broken spot and embrace it and grieve it and I'm honest about it and lament it, mm-hmm. then he can join me there. And that's mm-hmm. where we need him mm-hmm. is in that. That's the intimacy that we deeply long for that we cannot find anywhere else yeah, yeah. but in right. him. Mm-hmm. Julie, are, are you comfortable calling yourself a woman of moxie? I'm nodding <laughs> at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I pray for that. I want that. I think you are that. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe why do you think we might be uncomfortable self-labeling? Like, Maybe okay mm-hmm. with you for me to say, Julie, you've got moxie, or Aaron, you've got moxie. Mm-hmm. But we, why do we resist going, yeah, I got moxie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a moxie woman. Yeah. I mean, I don't like know. I have no woman. problem saying that I'm a woman of moxie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> just kidding. I'm so humble. <laughs> well, you know what? Honestly, are you comfortable saying you you're a... Yeah. Yes. I think because I'm able to speak from a space of healing and redemption and um, seeing... Like I, I look at the the woman that I was before, the self-sufficient Lord kind of present. Kind of, I mean, he was always present, but mm-hmm. I just, his voice was dim mm-hmm. because I was consuming other voices, mm-hmm. uh, what we were saying earlier. I think because I look at her and I look at her with compassion and then I look at the grit that was developed in me and the value that the Lord continued to remind me that I have that he wants all of his daughters to see Mm -hmm. that we have courage and determination because of who he is through us and in us. I mean, we gain strength through him being in us. And he, I mean, my story, he just did miraculous things. I would not want to deny that. And so that would make me absolutely a woman. Is that it, Julie? Is that it? That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you were right on it when you said that determination to live life in his strength Mm -hmm. and not your own strength, to have that courage that comes from that surrender to him so that he can fill us. We can't conjure it up on our own. It's back to that surrender again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel. Mm. Yes. Mm. So, Julie, now now you get to answer again. <laughs> are, are you a woman of moxie? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, because that's what I want. I want to surrender yeah. to him. I want him mm. to, to shine through. I want to be like my mom, right? Mm. I want to go and share. And, and that's the thing now that mom is gone. It's been interesting because as I've reflected the last two years since she's passed, It's like my heart is all the more for mentorship. Mm -hmm. And I don't have physical children, but the Lord has shown me. Mm -hmm. He's given me spiritual children. Mm -hmm. And so I want to pass on the baton Mm -hmm. of the moxie I witnessed in my mom my whole Mm -hmm. life growing up, the moxie that I've been experiencing. Mm -hmm. I just want others to know that. I want them to know that love that Lord has for them and to experience that deeper walk with Jesus. It's beautiful. It is so encouraging to hear how God worked in Julie's life, even when she didn't get what she was praying for. She's so inspiring. As her own woman of moxie, for being vulnerable with us and remaining faithful even when her prayers were not answered in the way she wanted them to be. I really agree, Erin. I know I've had my own share of unanswered prayers, but God still shows up in the most unexpected ways. And we are so thankful for the chance to chat with Julie. Yes. Now it's time to go out and be a woman of Moxie. Before we close out today's episode of God Hears Her, we want to remind you that the show notes are available in the podcast description. The show notes not only contain the talking points for today's episode, but they also have links to connect with Erin and me on social, or you can visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget, friends, God hears you. He sees you and he loves you because you are his. 
Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Mary Jo Clark, Daniel Ryan Day, and Jade Gustafson. Today, we also want to recognize Nicole and Peggy for their help in creating and promoting the God Hears Her podcast. Thanks, guys. God Hears Her is a production of our Daily Bread Ministries.